Good morning and welcome to ASL's HR in 10 at 10. I'm Jason Perry and I'm Kimberly Bradshaw and each week we broadcast live on YouTube the thoughts and musings of two experienced HR people. What's going on in the world of HR all squeezed into a, a short 10 minutes providing we can uh, Manage not to talk too much, eh, Kimberly? <laughs> yes, it's more like uh, HR in 11 and a half these days, but hey. Indeed. I, I know we talked about Ukraine last week, but, I, you know, we, we spent the best part of a year or probably two years talking about nothing but COVID. I can't help thinking Ukraine is the new big story we need to focus on. Yes, and isn't it a shame that we didn't go, yay, COVID's over. We're doing, oh, you know, COVID's trickling around, but hey, yeah. we've got really bad news again. Yeah. There, there are so many big HR issues wrapped up in this one. And I mean, uh, we've been looking at the, uh, let's say, exodus of Western firms from uh, from the Russian market. Um, there are a couple, um, uh, I think it's McDonald's, Starbucks, Pepsi and Coca-Cola, I think were... were and Unilever. Yeah, that were slow to come out, but they've announced. But McDonald's really caught my attention. And I, you know, I can't decide where I stand on it, but McDonald's have said they're going to protect the salaries, as I understand it, of their Russian workers while they suspend operations temporarily. Yes, I know where you're going with that. It is, you know, if as we were saying earlier, you know, the aim of that is to, you know, weaken Russian resolve and support for the war. I wonder whether they still are doing that, actually, because, you know, yes, they're protecting their people, which I think is highly commendable. But the fact is, all their operations will be closed. Uh, so the bulk of Russians that might go and use their outlets uh, are affected, but also all their local suppliers um, who, you know, provide the food and, and, and that kind of thing will be affected. So I think I actually commend them for paying their people still. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting move on a number of points. I mean, you've got the obvious point of, um, you know, Ukrainians are not having their incomes protected, I'm guessing, to a large degree. They're, they're just mass suffering there. Um, but actually, I think it's uh, a particularly interesting move because I don't know, I can't see an obvious end game as to how Western firms are going to move back into Russia in the short term. So I'm not sure it's sustainable for McDonald's. I don't know. I think there's such a, a global conglomerate that they'll have made their decisions about how they're going to um, reopen before they made the decision to, to close. So I would be pretty confident that they've got a plan to do that. Um, but, you know, time will tell. Yeah. I and mean, what, what appears to be driving a lot of this is public opinion. Um, I mean, you've only got to look at what happened to Shell the other day and the backlash they took for um, uh, you know, buying a Russian shipment of oil. And it seems the reason companies are pulling out of Russia, as much as anything, is to show they are at one with public opinion on this. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is going to make it difficult for McDonald's to go back in. I, uh, I think in the West, they will have problems if they reopen in the event that this isn't resolved 
amicably and I'm not quite sure how an amicable outcome can come from where we are right now. Well, if it does what it's intended to do, to get the Russian people mm. to um, go against Putin, then why can't they reopen? Well, do you know, who thought HR could cover this? And I, <laughs> I think this is... I'm, it's, I'm laughing because it's ironic. Yes, it's a terrible situation. But it, it, it is relevant. I mean, and the other side of this that's going on, we picked up the first signs this week of a conflict that can potentially move into the UK workplace um, where there's talk of, and this surprised me, but talk of Russian uh, nationals in the UK who actually are supporting the Russian position despite having the benefit of seeing the free media and arguably having a full understanding of what's going on. That's, that's complicated for an employer, isn't it? It really is, because certainly the fear at the outset was that uh, Russian nationals over here would be concerned that they were going to be picked on or mm. vilified because they were Russian. And that was the, the sort of HR focus. The fact that they are supporting the war, you know, yes, that could bring conflict. And that's a whole different dimension that we need to be thinking about. How are we going to resolve that? Yeah. I mean, I, I fully understand, I, I may not like, but I fully understand the Russians in Russia, let's say, whose access to free media is limited being supportive because they haven't got an open, unbiased narrative. But you'd kind of think somebody in the UK would have access to the reality of what was going on um, mm. and wouldn't have that. But it, it's going to be an interesting one to, to watch and see. It is. Is it worth also mentioning that we're coming across our first um, examples of people wanting to leave their jobs and fight, go over and fight? Indeed, indeed. And, and again, that's a very uh, difficult problem. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's in support of the Ukrainians, we should add, we've seen this, yeah. where workers have decided that they wish to go and take up arms and support the Ukrainians. And... I guess, in my mind, there's nothing bigger than saying I'm prepared to put my life on the line, which is in, in what effect you're doing to make mm. that support. Mm. And I, I'm wondering what an employer has left. You know, you can't, uh, quote, contract at them because, uh, you know, saying I'm going to join a war is somewhat bigger than worrying about how I pay my mortgage or what happens to my employment status, isn't it? It is, yes. And you, I would imagine it would come under philosophical beliefs. Uh, and certainly there's a lot of civil rights um, behind all of that. But it, what can HR do is is my thinking. I mean, yes, an individual could request unpaid leave. Mm. But what's the risk assessment for the organisation? How likely is it that that person is going to come back? Mm -hmm. If they're a highly skilled ex-SAS type person, then, you know, the chances are pretty good that they'll come yes. back. But A, you might not know that. Yes. Um, but B, if they're not and they've got no skills, their chances of survival, I would imagine, would be significantly lower. So how do you prepare for that from a, an HR perspective? Well, there's a, there's a range of points over... Do you have a, uh, let's call it a duty of care, I'm perhaps stretching this a little bit, mm -hmm. to encourage them not to? Um, and how do you do that? And as I say, you can't do it by contract. 
um, we really are into the true uh, favourite phrase of the Kimberly and Jason show. Um, this is about employee engagement. And it's winning hearts and minds and encouraging somebody that there are other better ways that they can show their support, mm. assuming that they are not the most skilled and talented, trained, SAS, long-distance sniper marksman or whatever. Um, you know, if you have one of those, great, then perhaps we should be supporting them going out there. But in the absence of that, it's probably not in that individual's best interest. And helping them see that surely is what an employer should be trying to do at that point, gently. Yes, but at the same time, you know, those people have a right to go if they want to. They do. So it's, it's tricky. I think you're right. Employee engagement is key there. Um, and just being as supportive and understanding as yes. you can whilst trying to gently nudge them in the safest possible yes. route. But what's the knock-on impact? Because if you have a team of people and one or more of them decides to do that, what does that do for the... Um, team that you have left, the staff morale, the support for this argument, what impact does that have on your business? And I would have thought that's quite significant too, Kimberly. Yes, I mean, certainly you're going to need to get temps in or, you know, some form of uh, temporary replacement who won't have the same skills and knowledge. So performance could be potentially affected. But most importantly, I think they'll be worrying about their colleague and potential possibly friend who is in a a dangerous situation which will also further impact Indeed. productivity so it's you know some of the things that we were talking about last week that HR can do about supporting individuals in your workforce across the board um, you know because equally I know people who you know they're not survivalists but they're really thinking oh my goodness you know there's going to be a nuclear war so I think Making sure you're supporting everybody, as we talked about last week, I think will be really important. Yes. Um, I I'm con I didn't imagine this when we started 10 minutes ago, um, that we talk <laughs> about the Ukraine for a whole 10 minutes. Mm. Um, but there is so much here and there are so many knock-on effects for employers about how we look after our people, about how we run our businesses, that I, I, I do think... A bit like COVID, this subject is going to come up and again and again over the coming weeks. But for now, this has been HR in 10 and we've talked for about 11. So, um, Kimberly, <laughs> it's been lovely. Thank you for sharing your views. Um, and we will see you again same time next week. Thank you, Jason. See you next week. Bye, Bye, -bye. for now.